You're listening to Half Stack Highlights, a blogcast dedicated to showcasing the latest in indie talent, business, and creative opportunities for the dreamer in you. We bring you intimate conversations with up-and-comers, entrepreneurs, and fellow dreamers alike, and we're based right here in Chicago. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Half Stack Highlights. In this episode, we talk with Alex, the founder of the tech and childcare startup, Zibli. Zibli provides families in Westchester, New York, a flexible childcare solution to meet the demands of busy parents. At Zibli, they are calling attention to the many types of families lending a member or two to the workplace by providing an updated childcare model to help today's families remain happy and healthy. In this episode, we focus on the journey of a female entrepreneur in the startup world. I talk with Alex about what led to the launch of Zibli, what it's like being in the competitive world of startups, the hardship startups face when looking for funding, as well as her goals for Zibli and so much more. We also talk about the realities of being a female founder. She also offers some advice for people interested in launching their own startup. Keep listening for the full interview. So can you please tell us uh, a bit about yourself, your background, and what led you to pursue launching your company? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a female entrepreneur um, who's excited about the social changes in business and the fact that I can be a part of that. Um, so I got my footing as a founder here in, in Seattle um, before deciding to focus on working at Zibli in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been it's been really interesting to kind of be a part of uh, the startup scene here in Seattle. Uh, as far as my background, I'm a business strategy analyst. So what that means is that I've been I've spent most of my career working for different stage startups using data to make strategic decisions. And so the more experience I had with that in kind of guiding others' decisions, the more I wanted to try it on my own. So when I met up with my uh, co-founder now, then longtime friend, Laura. Um, she was having similar entrepreneurial thoughts, and so the two of us realized that there might be something here. Very exciting. So what kind of led you guys to pursue launching Zilli? Do you want to kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of what the company is, you know, mm-hmm. what they offer and who they connect with? So before I go into what, how the idea came about, um, Zibli is an on-demand uh, child care service providing from one to four hours of care. So the thought is that parents who need to get something done, whether it's help after school for a few hours, um, they want to go to the gym, um, they're running their own business and they have to take a conference call, those are the people that we're connecting with. Um, And how the idea came about, um, so my co-founder and I touched base pretty regularly as friends and we continue to find our conversations revolve around the intersection of career and life and family and um, just the idea of how to make that kind of less painful. Um, So for me, coming from the male-dominated tech industry, the last thing you wanted to do as a woman was kind of call attention to your femininity. So needing time for things like having a baby or starting a family was kind of a career ender, and um, that just just didn't seem right to me. So, um, So Laura and I started reaching out to potential customers to kind of gauge the size of this problem and um, and figure out what we might want to focus on. And we found that all sorts of parents struggle to find this balance and it's due most of the time to dependable, flexible childcare. I'm a working mom. So it's so funny you even bring up like the idea of a conference call and is like just before we get on the line, 
mm-hmm. Sophia's going off with grandma. So like <laughs> it's it's something that's really it's important and at the same time though I'm noticing too in in our fields of you know, corporate business world, even the creative entrepreneurs and things like that, people are trying to not forego, especially when they're trying to not forego pursuing a family, you know, in place of their career. They're trying to find a way to balance the two. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so timely that we even bring this up. We're talking about this with that whole fiasco that happened with that Google memo and that guy who got fired. Um, Because the reality is, yes, even though, we are seeing, you know, we're, we're making strides in industry for women. The reality is, like you said, it's still like it's career suicide to sit there and like bring attention to the fact that, oh, I have to go pick up my kid after this, so I'm going to have to cut this meeting short, or I have to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find this balance between being a mom and being a businesswoman. Um, and it's not necessarily fair to have to pick between the two. So having that dependable, flexible child care is, super important to women and men maybe who, you know, are single parents or who are the, the caregiver in the home to be able to do something like that. So I totally, I give you girls props to what you're doing because it's something that's so needed. Is there like a spark of inspiration for it? Um, do you, you know, are you ladies' parents? Did you experience something that really led you to pursue building up this idea? There wasn't kind of a specific spark necessarily, but this had just been a problem that we had continued to find throughout our lives and others and and it started early too so the as a woman the idea of having to probably care for your family and if you do enjoy working and see yourself doing that you know it's always in the back of your mind how am I going to successfully balance those and so even before having kids it's it's already a stress you know on our minds and um so that was it it wasn't necessarily a spark but just something that had been lingering in our minds and others um, and and a problem that we decided we'd we'd love to be able to tackle. So why do you think childcare is such an like an integral part to the journey of a working mom and how is your brand looking to help make a difference or even just change that narrative for women worldwide? Mm -hmm. Yeah um, so and I I think in the case where the father stays home you mentioned that before Mm-hmm. Um, child care is probably less than a girl for the working mom specifically, um, but in many cases both parents work, and we've heard time and time again that balancing work and family leaves mothers, likely parents, um, feeling that they're letting someone down. So if you're at work, you're letting your child down. If you're with your child, you're letting work down. Um, so trusted child care is vital for mothers to feel comfortable focusing on work and giving that time to to that. So what would you say then are your goals for what you guys are doing at Sibley? What are your goals for the next, you know, two, maybe even into five years? What are you hoping to do in terms of like an impact or what kind of growth are you even looking at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're um, we're looking to be a, a nationally trusted child care brand um, and in addition so in addition to just being trusted child care we also want to be a network of support and encouragement to balance uh, to support balancing family and pursuing your dream so whether your dream is full-time work or starting a business or maybe it's going to the gym you know um, we want to be here to make sure that you can do that when you look at like competition there's other 
websites and and other you know potential apps and things like that that people can you, you know use to really decide on childcare or finding a nanny or getting a you know a couple hour babysitter. How are you really? Because I feel like your your main focus is building on that trust. What are you guys doing now to kind of really build that up in order to you know continue to grow and become that national brand that people are choosing to go to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we we are looking to provide a standard of care. So um, with competitors who have similar kind of national goals, um, because there are a lot of child care um, solutions, but they don't have this kind of growth in mind. So in that way, we're a little unique. But to your point, there are a couple others in that space. And where we would differ- differentiate ourselves um, is just a standard of care. So we're um, though the employees are going through orientation and they're going through regular training such that um, we're able to yeah, provide a standard of service and a similar experience across the board. Um, and then obviously each child and each care provider, you know, they're each unique, but the idea is that the experience with Sibley is guaranteed to meet expectations. Are there any people, mentors, or figures that have made an impact on your life, your career, and if so, how? Yeah, um, so uh, three people come to mind. Um, two are the co-founders for Lyft, so they're kind of, I guess, they're one figure together, but they um, they are leaders of one of the first scalable businesses built on service. What I mean by that is Lyft relies on, on people providing a service. Um, so the the co-founders needed to fight not only traditional thinking with regard to how businesses scale, but they also needed to, you know, fight laws and regulations. So Laura and I um, refer to their stories um, and their business model regularly as inspiration to to keep going. Um, And then Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx, um, for a different reason, she, I saw her at Project Entrepreneur at the beginning of this year, and when she spoke, she was funny and silly and loud and strong and intelligent. And not only do Laura and I love and respect her for that, but she's also setting an example for future leaders. Um, she's saying you don't have to be like all the leaders before you. You know, you can be yourself and you can still be successful. And that's um, yeah, that's something that we really respect. Yeah, she's a really good speaker. I was at uh, Project Entrepreneur as well in April, and it's just it was such an like an inspiring weekend to be around so many different women who are successful or pursuing their goals and their dreams, and you know to see you know these founders who have made it a point to do big great things and still be who they are. I just I love that. Super. It was like it was such a great weekend. So absolutely, totally agree. So what are your thoughts then on being a woman in the competitive world of startups? You kind of, you know, touched on it a little bit in the beginning when you talked about being in the tech world. And I feel like they all kind of like, you know, intertwine together. Um, are there any struggles that you feel women face in entrepreneurship? And how do you think that we can change that narrative when it comes to things like funding opportunities for women? Because I feel like it can be a, a very, very difficult thing um, the pool and the market for for funding options and 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 you know other angel investors and things like that. It's it's not necessarily always catered to 
you know, women-based industry or, or women in entrepreneurship. Um, and I feel like, obviously, that's kind of like why Project Entrepreneur has grown so tremendously and why it's becoming such a popular, you know, thing to be a part of. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this question, and I, and I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, so, actually, before deciding to move to New York, I belonged to a Facebook group called Seattle Female Founders Alliance. It was uh, created by Leslie Fenzig. And um, the group is aimed at, at kind of answering this exact question. It's aimed at supporting and connecting female-led startups with VC investors. And it was um, it was amazing to watch the social changes kind of happen in front of me, all because she decided to make a Facebook group about this. And they started having monthly meetings and networking. And, um, you know, their, those female uh, members are getting funded and getting attention. So, um to bring it back to the question, yeah, women are a minority when it comes to leading startups and getting funding. It's That's not fair, but, but it's just the way it is. And I, I think the best thing that we can do is to really dig in and prove that there is absolutely no reason that um, just because it has been done that way that it should be done that way. Um, so, yeah, groups like Project uh, Entrepreneur and um, – things like that, efforts being made for women to get the attention that they deserve and then prove that we can be just as successful. Um, and I'm excited, yeah, to kind of watch uh, people from that from Project Entrepreneur that we met uh, uh, succeed. It's exciting. And it's awesome to see, though, too, that women are really taking charge in terms of changing the industry and, and creating opportunities for themselves. I feel like a lot of the girls that, and women that I met that weekend and in general when I do this podcast or when I work on features for the magazine, we're a bunch of hustlers. And, like, I mean that in the best <laughs> sense of the word because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, a lot of us are working daytime jobs still on top of building these brands. And many of us have kids and we have all these other things that we're trying to make work and they're still finding ways to make adjustments, make changes, and if we we don't see something as, an, you know, something with easy access, we're going to find a way to overcome that obstacle and make it work for ourselves and create those opportunities. When you look at the typical models in the childcare industry, you kind of, you know, you, know, you brought up Lyft and how they had to fight against change and, and, and really pushing for innovation in this kind of outdated industry with, you know, taxis and things like that. Um, there is a very specific model that you can think of when it comes to the childcare industry. What are you guys doing and how are you looking to change it? And why do you think the more traditional models when it comes to childcare perhaps have failed in the past or aren't working to the best of their ability when it comes to the needs and wants of their potential target market? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're um, so our model is aimed at connecting parents who need childcare either at the last minute or on a not regular basis uh, with a group of trusted, vetted care providers. So because there's a group of them, there's more availability. Um, so that's the model that we're working toward, and. Um, I think that traditional models 
I think they fill a need. Um, they just don't fill the whole need. So child care centers and full-time nannies cover that 9 to 5, more or less. Um, but increasingly, especially as the 9 to 5 job itself becomes less predominant, uh, care is needed outside of that. So um, so that's that's where I think they are, are failing or where there's a gap and that we're hoping to fill. Very good. That's exciting. And I think it's, like I said, it's a need. It's, you know, you have that last-minute meeting or a last-minute change and being able to coordinate that with someone who has a very specific schedule can be difficult. Finding that flexibility is so important. What do you think has been your greatest success so far or your proudest moment to date when it comes to, you know, pushing forward with the launch of Bibli and the things that you're doing with your with your business partner? Yeah, so I thought about this one a lot and so my proudest moment is hearing um the customers that we are connecting with excited about the possibilities that Vibli opens up for them. So I mentioned earlier when Laura and I started this, we went out and spoke to a bunch of potential customers and, you know, call after call, conversation after conversation, heard about these struggles and their challenges. And um, and so being able to absorb that and kind of turn around with a solution to actually help is has been amazing. What kind of advice, then, would you give to someone who's looking to launch his or her own business? Is there anything that they really should think about before they take the leap? Um, any tips based on your experiences? Yeah, so my my biggest recommendation is to um, do as much as you can before you kind of take the leap from leaving your any kind of stable income that you have. Um, I had no idea how much I could do and learn um, while I, I was still at a full-time job. And a book that I would recommend that uh, anyone who's thinking about launching his or her own business, um, they should read Lean Customer Development by Cindy Alvarez. And it's a applicable, or I definitely read it through more of a startup scalable lens, but I would imagine it's applicable kind of across the board because it um, it kind of forces the reader to identify um, a specific target market and make sure that there's a problem and your solution solves that problem before, you know, you leave, before you leave your full-time job and, you know, take that leap. Yeah, and that's usually the scariest part is where do we get from, you know, from that nine to five, that side hustle, you know, and on the nights and weekends to finally saying, okay, I think we can get to this point. Now it's time to leave that behind and, you know, making sure you have all your ducks in a row, I think. I think that that tends to hold people back, but if you have that, you know, a a bit of a plan in place, it totally helps. So where can we learn more about your brand? You guys, are you on social media? Is there a website yet launched? Is it, you know, a sign-up list right now until you fully go live? Where can we learn more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, um, so it's both, so I think our website's probably the best uh, place to learn more about us. It's zibli z i b b l i dot com, um, and on there we have a sign up too. So we're we're working at it Westchester, New York now, um, and then you can sign up from other cities, and that will that will drive kind of how we expand. Thanks for listening to this latest episode. Thanks to Alex for sharing her journey and for offering a peek into the world of a startup. 
If you are interested in learning more about Zibli, you can visit them online at www.zibli.com. And that's www.zibli.com. While you're online, make sure to stop by halfstackmag.com. And as always, you can keep up with us on all social media platforms with the handle at halfstackmag. Thanks for your support.